Good to see you. Um, so I've heard from a lot of you that, that at least some of you think I only have two shirts, a gray shirt and a black shirt. So today I thought I'd mix it up a little bit and get some color in my wardrobe. Uh, but actually, our Zambian guests uh, brought a shirt from Africa, from all the way from Zambia to give me. So uh, this is in honor of them. They've made me an honorary uh, Zambian. So that is awesome. Well, um, hopefully you were here last Sunday because it was so fun and so meaningful to connect with our partners uh, from Zambia. And then today we get a chance to connect with Miguel from the DR as well. But if you weren't here last week, you didn't hear the fact that, um, you know, our Zambian partners are so hardworking. And they uh, go from this experience and they go back. And Pastor Novice is this church planting guru. He's such a man of God. I have such respect for him. And uh, starting in June, he is going to be uh, leading a, a, a trip of a number of pastors into the bush to plant nine, hopefully nine churches in nine unreached villages in the bush. And it's the full deal, camping, sleeping bags, and the whole thing. So we want to pray for them as a church. And as a reminder, we'd love to, for you to take, if you didn't take last week, a prayer uh, magnet that you can put on your refrigerator, and you can grab those on your way out today. Well, um... Today is Mother's Day, so hopefully you remembered that, and you're going to call mom or give her some flowers. Uh, we thought we'd invite our Zambian guests up today, our moms who are Zambian guests. So um, I'm going to go ahead and invite Ketty and Miriam. Why don't you come on up? I would like to talk with you a little bit. Um, There's a piano there. It's black. I didn't see it. Um, yeah. So good morning, guys. It's so good to have you. And I, we played that, uh, that music, the video in the background, Taekwaba. And a bunch of you guys have actually asked, hey, can we get the audio recording of uh, our friends singing? And we have good news. We're going to be able to share that. We'll do it on Facebook this week. But you guys have such beautiful voices. And it's been such, such a blessing and such inspiration to me to have you guys here and um, we just thank you for being a part of this whole week. Um, so you guys are both moms. You're both busy. You, um, you're pastor's wives. And you're also mother-daughter. So it's good to have you here. And I know, Miriam, you're a very busy woman. You're a, murky, a working mom. You're a mother of two. You work full-time. You lead the youth ministry at your church. And your husband, Jonathan, who's going to be up in just a moment, is uh, the lead pastor of Fairview Baptist in the capital city. So you have all those responsibilities as well. But I know uh, I've met your children, know them well, and I know that you're leading them to love Jesus. And we're a church that really believes in being intentional about raising kids um, in the ways of Jesus. And we love when we see that. So um, you had an opportunity to be mentored uh, by Ketty. So uh, I thought it'd be fun just to hear a moment from you, Miriam, on some of the ways that Ketty was an inspiration to you as a mom. So good morning, Miriam. Good morning. Thank you. Good morning, church. And happy and blessed Mother's Day. Thank you. Um, there are a lot of things I would love to testify to the church that I've appreciated from mom. Uh, one thing she indicated to me was to make the decision to follow Jesus 
person, a personal decision because growing up in a Christian family, I took up their faith. I thought I was a Christian as well. But one time she mentioned, she indicated to me the need to make it personal so that I always bless the Lord for that. She's a prayer warrior. She's bruised her knees for our sake as children and I appreciate for that. She's a hardworking mother. She loves the Lord so much. She loves the word. She would always use a word to correct us and just to teach us. She loves the Lord so much and she's a prayer warrior. She's been praying for us continually. She knows what it means to pray without ceasing. And I thank God for her wisdom. She always, she's gentle, very gentle. Even when we know we've made mistakes, she would manage us gently with the love of the Lord. And I also love and appreciate her smiles. Thank you, mom, for being such a great example. I love you and appreciate you. Mm. Amen. Amen. Well, Ketty, um, Ketty, you've had such a life of impact. You know, you've been with Pastor Novice every step of the way and uh, been a support to his ministry and involved with the women. You are a woman of prayer. I've seen that. And uh, you raised 10 children in the bush. No running water, no electricity. And that's awesome. You had such an impact on your family. But you've also had an impact on uh, Pastor Novice's work and at the Hope Center. And I know you care about orphans and the Hope Center, the children at the Hope Center, you know their stories. And we had an opportunity recently, just got back from a Go Teams trip, and we got a chance to sit down with some of the orphans and hear their stories. And it just breaks your heart to know the, the trials and the challenges that they've had to face. And uh, Ketty, you know that, and you've been involved in um, giving them spiritual instruction. And we thought it'd be uh, I thought it'd be good for us to just get a little more insight. So we have one more story uh, to show you. So let's take a look at Annie, and this is her story. My name is Annie Namfwe. I am grade seven. Yeah. Don't worry, Kara. Nishinshira isa panopa opo. Don't worry, Kara. Kumushi, tua 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 re pita mu mafia ingsan. Ba mami ba re foku bepa ya ba ba bi ke kuchu makuri ba dadwa. Efo nom ba 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 sen ba re fo elo nom ba 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 sen dere. Tua sa tua fuma kunok ba isa kunok serenge ba tuma ba sen dana ba ne ba udwa wo ba ya ba sen dana ba daben elo nom ba muno. Tuwelei karamu nomu ini musele nje. Tuwasa nani kane life ya jisa shupa nomu musele nje. Elo tuwafumine mu, tuwaku mkushi. Kudiaku mkushi, badadi, muaiche na vena, bali batumena badadi, chimwele, chikuru. Basa babepaya. So elo babepaya kudiaku ini tuwafumako. Tuwasa ingatupitana. So ndeto telapofi wanchitira. Mm, mm. Amen. Amen. So, Ketty, we love these kids. Just the little touches we've had, you know, one week a year, but you're there uh, on an ongoing basis and you know their stories. Thank you for your role as being part of the Hope Center. And as a mom, 
you know how important that role of being a mom is in the life of a child. And obviously that gives you a heart for orphans and you care about the Hope Center orphans. But actually, um, Ketty's story goes a little deeper in that, a little more personal in her heart for orphans. And uh, so I thought we'd share just real briefly that story this morning. So Ketty, uh, tell us a little bit about your grandma and your mom. Good morning. Greetings to you in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Thank you. Uh, my name is Katie, as you have heard. Uh, my, my grandmother lived in the bush. She died, she died when my mom was three days old. So they decided to, to put her in the mother's coffin because there was no one to take care of her. So one of my relatives, the uncle, who was a Christian decided that, no, don't do that because it is against the God's law. So uh, the, one of our relatives said, I will take care who has another baby. I will take care of this child. So she took my mommy and nursed her. But since that time, it was difficult for anyone to to have money to buy two clothes to, to bear one on the back and one in front. So she, they, she carried my mommy in the food basket on top of her head, the other one on the back. That is how my mother grew. Then after that, uh, since we, we were living in that way, the Lord blessed me and I was married to Levland Kalunga, and the Lord put me the heart to love children, uh, orphans. He planned it already. So I am here because of what the Lord has done through me. He has entrusted me to look after child, children at Hope Center, Kamen and Teta. Mm. Oh, That's awesome, Katie. So, yeah, that is so cool. It's, it's so awesome to hear. So, so um, what was fascinating, I just found this out about Ketty's story yesterday, that her family, that actually the, the relatives that took care and grew your mom, didn't have the resources for two pieces of material. You know, African women wrap the babies around them and carry them on their back. They only had enough resources for one, so they ended up carrying Ketty's mom in a grain basket on her head. Um, and then the power of that Christian uncle that stepped up and said, don't kill the baby, let's save the baby. And, and what has happened now uh, to provide for you, Ketty, and then now your family, that is an amazing story. So Miriam, um, obviously your life has been impacted by your mom. And this, um, this issue of giving children an education is so important. One other fact that I found out yesterday about Ketty's mom is they had so little resources that she only got one month of education. Their custom was to give food to pay for the school fees. And so they went the first month of first grade, and that's all they had enough for, because they had to have food to feed the family. So your mom only had a one month of first grade education. Ketty has had the opportunity to get a seventh grade education, and that's why uh, getting kids an education is so important to you guys, and we're involved in this back-to-school program. Miriam. 
you understand the, the importance of having an education for a child, particularly an orphan, because they're particularly vulnerable. Tell us a little bit from your insight and your experience. I always thank the Lord for his faithfulness. Education is very important to a child. And uh, growing up in the village where my parents could not manage to pay for my high school education, the Lord just came through for me. He used this missionary who's now passed on to support me throughout my high school education. And that to me was a blessing. Because that time, even now, it's very difficult for them to educate a girl child because they don't have much money. And my parents, because of their prayers, through them, the Lord raised this missionary who supported me until I finished my education. I've seen this help me so much because it has helped me even to be a reliable leader in church who is able to reason and make right decisions. I've also seen education to be very key if you are going to have a decent future. And that has really helped me. It's all because of this leader that God raised, this missionary, who supported me. And I've been very thankful. I must also mention that I've been privileged to be the first female in our village, in our area in Serenje, to finish my high school. Because everyone always went up to the seventh grade and they had no money to support them. And the, the immediate thing was to get married. But for me, the Lord favored my life through this missionary. And I was able to finish my high school. And I appreciate God for this. That is so awesome. What a story. Yeah, that is so cool. And um, Brookside, I just want to say thank you. Because in December, we did a year-end gift. And our back-to-school fund that we'd been supporting, the Hope Center, before then only supported kids through seventh grade. And because of your generosity, now we've got a fund to carry those kids all the way through high school. And guys, that makes a world of a difference to a kid. Uh, and, and helps them not uh, just immediately get married after um, seventh grade. And so much appreciate what work you guys are doing. And um, we're looking forward to uh, hearing a little bit more about the back-to-school program at the end of the service. Um, this morning, it's, it's going to be so much fun to hear a little bit more from our, our partners in the Dominican Republic and Zambia. And um, we're going to ask them to speak to this theme of stacking hands and giving hope. First of all, Miguel is going to speak, and he is a missionary in the Dominican Republic. He sensed a calling to that country uh, on a missions trip from our high school ministry uh, back a number of years ago. And then Pastor Jonathan, who's the lead pastor of Fairview Baptist in the capital city of uh, Zambia, is going to come and share. But now, let's turn our attention to the Dominican Republic. God's doing some really, really cool things there. Let's take a look. Our work in the DR is helping local Dominicans plant churches and train to become missionaries. We do this by partnering with Miguel and Kristen Shaw, who oversee the work, and by partnering with two uh, local church plants in villages with no church. This is carried out through four ways. Number one, ongoing relationships with the locals. Two, regular prayer support. 
three, monthly financial contributions, and four, projects that Go teams work on while there. Greetings everyone, my name is Miguel Santiago Shaw. Behind you, you have the Valley of San Juan. Our ministry is all about mobilizing the Dominican Church, helping the Dominican Church uh, get a vision and a strategy to reach these unreached villages and these lost, lost people. We form a, an alliance between a Dominican church who, who's going to go out and be the main church planning body and an American church to get, get behind them and support them through prayer and intercession. And all of these churches are church planting churches in the sense that you have a group of disciples that are ready to go out and to make new disciples. And of these Dominicans, several of them were, were part of these villages that never knew the gospel, that they never knew Jesus. They came to know the Lord through the ministry and now they are being sent out into new villages. We really come alongside the local church and um, do house visits and outreach and inviting people to church, provide an extra burst of energy um, and encouragement to the local church so that new people are finding out about Jesus and then it ideally grows the local church as well. Going to the village and helping to teach and interact with women has been great and it's been a very stretching um, opportunity for me. I've learned a lot about myself. We were able to just converse with the local women. Um, some were believers, some were not believers. Um, for the believers, a lot of times we were asking you know, things that they were learning in their faith and things that God was showing them um, and praying for them for that to continue and just hopefully providing some encouragement to them. Um, and then for the women that you know identified themselves as non-believers, we invited them to church, again presented the gospel and really ask them, you know, is there anything you have questions about, um, things that they still maybe wanted prayer for. So by building a house for the shawls in the Dominican Republic, it actually serves as a great place for them to use as a ministry tool. And so it's, it's really more than just a house. They could use that as a place where they could partner with and lead local Dominicans into planting their own churches in that community. It's pretty amazing seeing the heart of a lot of these people that are for God and they just go all out for them. And uh, our worship experience the other night was just awesome. We are helping plant churches in two remote villages where previously there was no church. It's so incredible to see God working through Brookside to help make a difference and spread the gospel even in faraway places. And there's nothing like going and getting your hands dirty and experiencing it for yourself. Well, good morning, everyone. I have an announcement to make. I'm moving to Zambia. <laughs> so thank you for everything you've done in the Dominican, but that's where I want to be. Man, um, again, I just want to honor you guys and just say we, we are in the presence of, of some very precious people and uh, I would like to cut my time this morning to one minute and continue to hear your stories because um, I'm just I'm blown away and blessed by you guys. Thank you for making the trip. Thank you for coming and leaving your homes to, to bless us. And may the Lord continue to fill your lives with his Holy Spirit and empower you to make his name great in your, in your world, in your place. Thank you again. Um, So yeah, I guess lightning struck the building last night, and it makes sense, because I, I don't know what I'm going to share this morning. I've been moved the whole time during worship. I'm over there crying and praying for the nations, and I have the script, but I don't know where to go this morning. Um, one thing I do feel from the Lord that we need to do, we're going to read a scripture in Mark, and then I would love for us together as a church to pray for the unreached people groups around the world. I think that's an important thing for us to do, so I'm going to try to weave that in somehow, um, that, we, that we would collectively as a body, that we would take hands and pray for the unreached people. 
um, of this world that, that we are still called to go to. So, um, but yeah, let me back up. We'll get to that in a minute. Um, I want to say thank you to John as well. And can we give a round of applause to John who's made this thing all happen? So... This guy hasn't slept for like two months to make this happen, and uh, it's really been amazing. I love that Brookside is taking two weeks to talk about the Great Commission and to talk about how can we be better partners of the gospel and advance the kingdom around the world. It's been a lot of work, and a lot of people have, have worked hard to make this happen. So thank you, Brookside and John and the rest of the staff to, to do that. I also want to thank uh, the video you saw up there on the screen, the, the team that was down, my brother and a bunch of you. Thank you for coming um, and thank you for all the teams that have come in the past to the Dominican. And I know there's going to be more teams as well. When these trips come, um, I speak from my heart when I say that they truly encourage me and my family. And they truly bolster the ministry and advance the kingdom of God when you come. We have two villages that previously had no gospel presence and no one, no one was going and preaching. And, and it was impossible for the Dominican church to get there. But through you guys and through the partnership of Brookside, these two villages are now reached. They're believers and they're people being discipled. But there's still more to do. We still have a lot more to do there in, in that place, in that town, in those two villages. So I want to ask you guys to continue to pray for the Dominican. And if you would even be willing, please come to the Dominican and join us, partner with us as we make disciples in these villages. You saw a building that was being built. We're trying to build a ministry center there in the DR, um, and we have the walls all the way up. We just need a roof and some electricity and uh, a, probably a toilet, and then we'll be good to go. Um, but there's, there's more than we can do. There truly is a lot of work, and I want to ask you personally, would you please come? Would you please help, please help us to advance the kingdom as we partner with the Lord there? Um, John did remind me there's a trip coming up in November, and uh, the deadline for that, I think, is the first week of June. So if you feel a nudge on your heart to go and to be involved and get your hands dirty like Cody said, please sign up soon for that November trip. All right, stacking hands is the portion that I have this morning. So I want to go to the book of Mark. If you have your Bibles with you, please open up to the book of Mark. And we're going to do uh, verse 1 through verse 8 of Mark's, Mark's take of the gospel. Mark's observation of the life of Jesus. So Mark 8 I still hear some pages passing, so I'm going to wait. All right, I think everyone's there. All right, Mark 8, uh, and I'm reading from the ESV this morning. So verse 1, In those days, then again, a great crowd had gathered, and they had nothing to eat. He, Jesus, called his disciples to him and said to them, I have compassion on the crowd, because they have been with me now three days and have nothing to eat. And if I send them away hungry to their homes, they will faint on the way. And some of them have come from far away. And his disciples answered him, How can one feed these people with bread here in this desolate place? And he asked them, How many loaves do you have? And they said, Seven. And he directed the crowd to sit down on the ground. And he took the seven loaves, and having given thanks, he broke them and gave them to his disciples to set before the people. And they set them before the crowd and they had a few small fish, and having blessed them, he said that these also should be set before them. And they ate and were satisfied. Stacking hands. I want us to imagine the hands of Jesus and the hands of the disciples when we look at this text. 
So you have Jesus. First, he's moved by compassion. And this morning, my heart was broke during the last worship song. And, and something broke in me and moved in me for the lost, for the hungry, for the spiritually hungry of this world. Jesus' heart of compassion, that they would be fed, that they would receive the nourishment that they need for their souls. So Jesus takes this bread with his hands and he breaks it and he blesses it and then he hands it to who? To the disciples. The top of my text says Jesus feeds the 4,000. I don't think that's right. I think they messed up there. Because who was it that actually took the bread and handed it to the people? The disciples. Jesus provided it. Jesus made it happen. Jesus blessed and multiplied the bread and the fish. But he didn't himself go and hand it to the people. He entrusted that. He entrusted his nourishment to the church to take it and to go and to feed the hungry. I think that this is a glimpse of the Great Commission. We see here God's heart that he is moved by compassion for the lost, but for some reason he has designed his great commission to be carried out by us. He has asked us to come together with our hands to the plate of Jesus, to receive what he has done, to receive the gospel, and then to take it and to feed the hungry. For some reason, God decided not to just have a miracle happen and, and, and plates full of food appeared on the laps of everyone there. He could have done it. Jesus could have snapped his fingers and everyone was fed and everyone had a full stomach. But he said, no, I'm going to make this food happen and then I'm going to give it to you, church, and you, working together, will take it and feed the hungry. Those who are weary, those who will faint if they return home unfed. God designed this commission, this great mission of his to be carried out by us, and he designed the church to need one another. The Apostle Paul, the great Apostle Paul, even he understood that alone he could do nothing for the kingdom. He wrote a letter to the Philippians, and in it he said, I thank God in all my remembrance of you always and every prayer of mine for you, making my prayer with joy because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now. Even Paul depended on the stacking hands of the church. And when you read Acts, you see the church praying for him and his work. You see him, the church sending brothers and sisters to accompany him. And you see the church generously giving to pay for the expenses of his travels, his food, and his lodging. The early church depended on one another. They stacked hands to go and to proclaim the gospel. And just as Jesus gave the disciples this bread and said, you go and feed the hungry, he has given us, he has given you, Brookside Church, this mission to go to all nations and to make disciples. I thank you that you are already doing that. And this morning, my heart burdens to say, what more can you do? What more can you as a church body do? What more as individuals can you do? What can you give? And I'm not saying you haven't given enough. I'm not saying you haven't given already. I'm saying there's always more that we can do. And I want to invite you to do that more. Before we pray for, for the unreached nations, there's one more thing I want to say, and that is when we work together, 
when we come together as a body of Christ, as partners, when we stack hands at the plate of Jesus, he will do great things. He will feed the multitudes. And the hope that I have is the end of that passage, and it says, and they ate and were satisfied. And I long for that day to see those who are hungry eat and be satisfied. And he can do it through us. Let's pray, and I want to ask you specifically, please pray for the unreached nations of this world. Please pray for those who have no way of hearing the news of Jesus. Let's pray together. Father, we we lift up your name in this place and we say, Jesus, you are the reason why we are here. We ask, Father, that you would move in our hearts with that same compassion, Lord, that led you to feed the hungry. I ask, Jesus, that you move in our hearts with the compassion and the desire to see the lost of this world, the lost nations, come to know you, Jesus. I pray that you would call out members of this church to be the ones that go and put boots on the ground, that you would call this church to pray for the unreached people groups, and that you would cause this church to give generously for your gospel to go forward. Lord, we pray that you would send out workers. The harvest is plentiful. The harvest is ready. Send out workers into the harvest. In Jesus' name, amen. So in this passage, and, and I'm going to invite Pastor Jonathan to come up now. In this, in this passage, you see Jesus feeding the hungry. And when we talk about the hungry being fed, I'm not just talking about a, fe- a physical feeding. I'm talking about a spiritual feeding. And this morning, our, our, our wonderful, beloved Pastor Jonathan is going to speak to us about this hope that we have, this great hope. My brother, bless you. Bless you. I bring you greetings from Zambia in the name of Jesus Christ, from Fairview Baptist Church, the church that I'm privileged to lead, where I'm lead pastor, and uh, great things are happening there. Thank you for having us and just for ministering to us. We've had a great time here, but God has also taught us great things through your lives. May you continue to shine the light of Jesus to the rest of the world. The story of the church remains that of stacking hands and giving hope. So what we observe is that throughout its life, the church has been joining hands, doing things together, but not only that, taking the message of hope to the rest of the world. I'll tell you that story. So in the book of Acts, what you see, Jesus, the son of the living God, is now raised from the dead, having given his life as a ransom for the world. So he gives a command to his disciples and he says, go into all the world and make disciples of all nations, baptize them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teach them to observe everything I've commanded you. And so the church begins to grow. The Holy Spirit has come upon them. They they begin to grow, to preach the message of hope. Yes, there are hurdles along the way. 
there is inner trouble within the church, the Holy Spirit prevails. Now there is persecution from the Jews. And believers begin to scatter, but the Holy Spirit is up to something. Hope must reach the world. So while the church in Jerusalem is fading or is, is, is in trouble, what you notice is that the Holy Spirit begins to steer up something in a new church, and that church is in Antioch. As he's working something out in Antioch, God endows that church with great leadership. Not only that, God gives them growth, increase in number. God gives them hearts that are generous. And so in chapter 11 of the book of Acts, what you see, a prophet comes to that church, and he says there is famine taking place soon. And so the church, because the Holy Spirit is steering something up, they choose to be a beacon of hope to the church in Jerusalem. And they stack hands together with the church in Jerusalem. And the church survived the famine. But the Holy Spirit is still at work in that church. So in chapter 13 of Acts, what you now see is that he knows the message of hope must get to the world. And he knows he has appointed this church, the church at Antioch, to be a messenger of hope to the world. And so he comes to them while they are praying, fasting, and worshiping, and he says to them, separate for me Paul and Barnabas for that work I've called them to do. Paul and Barnabas are the messengers then from Antioch to the rest of the world to preach the message of hope. And I love what they say when they go to preach that message. They are in Antioch of Pisidia and in Acts chapter 13, verse 38, then they say this, Therefore, let it be known to you, brothers, that through this man who is Jesus, forgiveness of sins is being proclaimed to you. And everyone who believes in him is justified from everything that you could not be justified from through the law of Moses. That is the message they are carrying. That hope for the world is in a man. And that man is Jesus Christ, the son of the living God. I pause in that story. And I want to say this to all of us. The world is in need of help. Much of the world is hopeless. And the world is trying to use military might sometimes to bring hope. The world sometimes is trying to use financial muscle to bring hope. The world is sometimes trying to use culture to bring hope. Brothers and sisters, hope is in the name. Hope in the, is in the name of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. Hope comes when Jesus is met by a single soul that is in pain, that is in trouble, that is lost, and he comes into their lives and he shines the light of his glory and then they can live again and then they can have hope for the future again. What has happened? It's because God is waking through the church. The hope for this world is in Jesus Christ. And that is why it is important for you and I to never cease in going out to all the world and make disciples of all nations. We wind back. 2015, 
a young man from Africa, is standing on a stage of a church where the Holy Spirit is steering something up. The Holy Spirit still believes the message of hope must reach the world. And he has seen a church in the middle of a blessed nation. That church is singing the song of hope. He has endowed them with great leadership, with growth exponentially, and now he's endowed them also with generous hearts. They have begun to give to feed the hungry. They are giving and bringing hope to a child who once had lost hope to get education. They are giving hope to churches that can only go this far with what they have, but so much far with what they would give. That church is Brookside Church. Omaha, Nebraska, giving hope to the world. As you give, as you come to help us preach the gospel, as you send the children back to school, as you do great works in El Salvador, as you do great works in DR, you have brought hope. This is not your doing. It is the working of the Holy Spirit. And I beseech you to continue trusting in him to open even new doors of hope. My task is to say thank you for giving hope to Zambia. Thank you for giving hope to El Salvador. Thank you for giving hope to the Dominican Republic. And may the good Lord bless you for such obedience to the Great Commission. God bless you. Pastor Jim. Wonderful, isn't it? It's so great to have you here and uh, to hear from you. And um, Brookside, we just want you to hear um, throughout these two weeks just a huge thank you. And um, on one last way to to allow that just to kind of really, I think, come home in our minds is for you to hear from um, some of the orphans that are um, being, benefiting from the back-to-school fund, in particular a boy named Ramson. Ramson is 15 years old, and get this, he's getting into the education system for the very first time as a 15-year-old. And um, so take a look at the screens and just see the impact that it's having on him. My name is Ramson Mkosha. I am in grade seven. Inshallah, she will life and for a couple She will always say, "In San Sungirida, no kubana ine mushta andionze." Inshallah, go tene fiak fuala. Inshallah, go tene spato. Lelo, amaka andionze yari kulidese. Yona she don't fight. Kuba HC se abale rembe shabana. Na ba fiak shabakwa jwantu arikwa HC simkunde be shansha kwedi. Echoa. Aba kuntora kofia balensunge bashirea nokuya ndembisha kula kwa tsisi Lero nsha ishibe na AI for balemba nangura a Ero na shire amba nokuya kuskulu baisa ndembisha ba tsisi Nsha ishibe na fobeka tapeni because abafya shibalisa for banshire ni shindumwa iche Efo na shire amba kuya kuskulu kala kuskulu Na isa ambo kusambirira na ishibe na fobalemba a pitira muni ba tsisi 
Why Samba no kuishi Rama informs? Nen spato fiance. Lena Samba no kuishi ba ichebo. Na Bible na kwato na ambo kuishi ba ifo ibininga. Fiance na kuskulwa dempera. Lena isakwa tano kuishi ba ifintu ifingu pita muda ba HCC. Lena shia ichebe. Bible for ibininga. Lena ambiro kusakwa HCC. Na isa ambo kuishi ba Bible for ibininga. Ba HCC ba ambiro kumfunda Bible for yabo. Ne fintu shia wam Bible. Ne fintu Bible for ikanya ne for isuminisha. Lero ine shafishi befi onsefi. Lero kupita mba etisi. Baisa kwa toku mfunda. Echo nde totila ba etisi. Papu mmeo vanchitila. Lesa tuwa didili. Echo nde lomba. Ukuti. Nobu mibuwa ndinga shafishi befu wabu. Lero nde totila kuwa etisi. Ukuti nga nakula. Nkasa mbidile. My name is Rusha Kunda. I am grade five. My name is Zemap. I am in grade six. My name is Isabel. My name is Faith Kunda. I'm in grade seven. My name is Lakshya Ndula. I am grade six. My name is Karen Kang. I am in grade six. My name is Ernest Wale. I am in grade six. My name is Van Fimfkwa. I am grade seven. My name is Rai Jamba. I am in grade six. My name is Abdullah Mlenga. I am grade 7. My name is Emerson Musamba. My name is Pesum. I am grade 7. Kireta Skalonga. My name is Rebecca. I am grade 8. My name is Ramson Mkosha. I am in grade 7. Thank you, Brookside, for helping me to go into school. Pretty awesome, huh? Every time I watch those, it just, oh, it just, uh, it just gets your heart, doesn't it? It's, it's great. And church, um, we just want you to know your generosity is changing lives. It's changing lives in our city as we continue to try to reach um, people in our own city, but it's also changing lives all the way around the world. And so thank you, thank you, thank you for what God is doing in and through you. Um, I want to close our time by praying for Pastor Jonathan and the rest of our Zambians and Miguel. Uh, Miguel is about to go back to the Dominican Republic. These guys leave on Tuesday. And um, so would you stand with me and let's pray together and uh, just really commission them off. Heavenly Father, these uh, two weeks have been um, just a huge burst of inspiration for our church. And so, God, we're so grateful that the gospel is alive and well in other parts of the world. And Lord, this morning, we just want to pray that you would continue to fan into flame the things that you are doing, specifically in Zambia and in the Dominican Republic. And Lord, we pray that we would continue to hear stories and more stories and more stories of changed lives. Father, thank you for your church. Thank you for this church that's extending grace. God, you've been so good to us. And so, Lord, it is our utmost privilege to be able to be a part of what you are doing around the world. And so, Lord, we commission our brothers and sisters in Christ now, and, Lord, we look forward um, to hearing and continuing to see the great things that you are doing. We pray this in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Awesome. Great. Thank you.